Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. All right, Dr. Paul Price, welcome to the Paul Price Show, where it's always an adventure. Yes, it, there is always. Oh, goodness. I love it. Well, i tell you what, Prophet Ashley, this has been a very, very rewarding, satisfying, but nonetheless demanding week. We started our school, had our first classes, our online students, our Loaded up, good to go. Yes. Hallelujah. And, you know, I have to thank my staff. I have an amazing staff that keeps growing because of my come-homers. Uh, you know, and some powerful people are joining us in this massive vision. I thank them. They have come in, picked up the ball, running with it. Many of them see the fulfillment of what they've done uh, before being totally completed in this. Because, you know, God will start you in something and complete you someplace else. Many saints, we've talked about this a little bit, actually, yesterday, how many saints frustrated because God had them start something that they would gain the experience and gain the knowledge and expertise, and now he wants to finish it elsewhere, and they're fussing. And so, but those who believe God, they are joining us, and every week we have more come-homers that are coming in, bringing their expertise, bringing their compassion, their compassion, their abilities, and we are blessed. I mean, we've got some good talent. I don't know if I thought about that when I started this. I was just trying to bring the saints home, you know. (laughs) But the added benefit is that we are getting amazing talent, people who are committed to seeing to it that scripturally organic, culturally modified Christianity takes the planet people who are committed to Price University being established and achieving its purposes, people who are committed to the congregation of the mighty. I mean, these are powerful people. And, you know, so different from a lot of my past, because most times you have to prove why in this. These people are like, no, God has spoken to me. I already know. God has told me this is where my harvest is. This is where my blessings are. This is where my reward is. And so we're having a blast. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm having a blast meeting some of the most wonderful people and not only meeting them, meeting them and working with them. I'm meeting some of the most wonderful people that I have ever met who are in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, if you listen to the way media does it, Ashley, and the way, um, you know, the Internet does it, you think people, there's nobody out there that's still in love with Jesus. But we found out there are literally dozens and dozens of them, but we've gotten dozens coming home, and I'm sure there are millions and millions of them in love with the Lord Jesus Christ because he's lovable and he's sweet and he's our Savior, and we love him because he's our dad. And so I thank God for what he's doing. I praise him for the things that he's getting done, but I bless God for these powerful people. So if you're wondering, You know, if you're wondering and you're saying, okay, Dr. Price, I've been listening to you for a couple of years. I've followed you, which so many people have, and uh, I've attempted to find what you're saying and doing in my world, and it isn't there. 
If you are one of those people, may I suggest that you go to my website, Dr. Paula A. Price, and just get connected links that take you to the come home. It might be that God had you sow one place, but to reap another. And this might be what you reap in. Give it some thought, because I found out that God's ways are infinitely more pervasive, more expansive than we imagine. You know, we think God wants us to go to the store and get a piece of a loaf of bread. We go in the store and meet somebody who needs Jesus. We're there for an hour testifying. Now we've got a new member. We've got a new friend. And all we wanted, well, all we thought we were going for is a loaf of bread. And so I kind of liken our Come Home campaign to that, that people are coming for a loaf of bread and finding their harvest. Isn't that good? That's really good. I, I really, and we, but, but. Prophet Ashley, you've been recording, remember? Oh, yes. 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 You've been recording some come-home testimonies. Yes. We definitely want those playing um, on our show now and again so that people can hear what, pe- what their, our come-homers have been experiencing. They've had, we've had amazing blessings, jobs, uh, homes, uh, apartments. I mean, amazing fellowship, friendship, opportunities. It's been amazing. So, you might want to think about if your harvest is where you are or if your harvest is someplace else, and maybe you're letting the fatigue of not finding it keeping you from pursuing it. That's good. Well, you know how it goes. You, you, know, you give God your best, you do it all, and then you lay it down and you think, okay, God, so you don't want anything that I have. You, nothing I've done is, is, is yielded the results that – I, I either expected or thought you would give nothing. And then all of a sudden, after you've had your, you know, winter's nap, then you wake up and God has you doing something very vibrant, very different. So I'm looking forward to more of you coming home and not to sit. You know, God is sending us a lot of lions and not just lambs and sheep. He's sending us a lot of lions. And, and, and so we're getting all of it. We gotta go to two. We gotta go to two. One or two. But God is sending people not only who are doers, but people who will do. And people who expect that God is delivering on his promises to them. Someone said to me, Well, I just want to start my own. Well, do that, but not here. So if you want to come here and start your own in this, that's not gonna work because that's not what God is calling us to do. Your own is for you. This is for the thing that God is doing for this next generation. So I'm excited about that. Bring your gift, bring your prayers, bring your background, bring your expertise, bring your family. Hallelujah. Bring your attributes, bring your treasures, because we are not having people just sit off on the side of the road. We don't, the vision is too huge, and it's so massive that we need everybody doing their share. So if that's you, Hey, come on home. We love you. We want you here. We're family. We've been family for a couple of years now, but we're fam. Hallelujah. So, Prophet Ashley, what's coming up on our calendar? Well, in a few weeks, we'll be in Portland, Oregon. Yes. For Prophetic Ed, out in Portland, with our near prophets and apostles who will be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, yes. quite a nice delegation. Yeah, but near is showing out. Near is showing up and showing out. And so we'll be there uh, October 4th, 4th through the 6th. I'll well, get those dates right. Um, Friday through Sunday. Yes. You'll be teaching in a couple of different locations, but Prophetic Ed launching that branch of Prophetic Ed 
And then in, uh, actually also at the end of October in Tulsa, you are involved. I am involved. You are involved (laughs) in a business and finance conference, and we'll have those details as well. So for people who are located in Tulsa, want to see you in a different venue, see you on, well, you teach on so many subjects. I know. This is with Pastor Marcus and Angela Howard Mm. here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, hosting this event. And our, you know, brothers and sisters in the city. And where's it going to be? Where? Where? In the um, spirit, the... uh, We'll find out. We're yeah. going to get that information for yeah. you. I always like <laughs> the spirit center. We're, we're, but we, they're doing amazing business, business and enterprise, yeah. isn't it? Very amazing business and enterprise. And today we all need that because we, you know, I don't think the world has been so primed for enterprise as it is today, where your visions can actually happen. There was a time if you had a vision, you could only dream about it for several years. Now, in today's fast-paced environment with technology on our side. You can dream of business this morning and be in business at night. That is a powerful thing, and that, that window is, won't last forever. So you should be a part of every kind of business venue you can. And when you are an apostle, you are in business because apostles started in kingdom and not church. But then you'll need to enroll in our school to find out all of the rest of that wonderful information. So. That's first thing. And then don't we have something coming up in November? Yes, we have our Near Apostolic Summit in November. Do you know what that is? The 18th. <laughs> <laughs> At the Ground Plaza <laughs> If you all could see her right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is at the Crown Plaza. This is going to be an explosive summit. That's the word that I just keep getting, explosive. And I know it was said in our morning prayer calls about the explosion that is going to happen at the summit this year with, of course, you being our host, returning Apostle Edgar Gonzalez, who we are covering in prayer because he's, he's in, in Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico. I was like, God. oh, no, I'm bringing him here. Yeah. I'm talking about a faith of God. Oh, he yeah. will show up here in Tulsa. Oh, uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have? And we have um, Apostle, yes, Apostle. Apostle. Doctor. Whichever. Pick one. King Johnson. Johnson. And he is teaching on the millionaire, the apostles being millionaires. This man has such a desire to enrich the kingdom so the kingdom can stand on its own. It's not, it's unbelievable. He is an amazing guy. Our friendship goes back quite a little bit. He has a school in Tampa, Florida, Destiny College. I want to get it right. He, I mean, and then he has a, a coaching where he coaches people into their economy, into their destiny. Phenomenal coaching program. You want to come? Bring your board. Bring your board of exec, of directors and trustees to this these sessions, and I'll tell you why. Because it is wonderful that you come to meetings like this and you get all of the information. You take your notes and all, the, and then you go back home and your board is like, well. Oh, no, but that's not who we are. Well, no, but if you, I have learned, if you want to shift your organization, then bring its key leaders to the shifting classes. Because when, when they, they have to catch the fire, too, so that they can see their part in what you're talking about. This is, this is good counsel. We, you know, often pastors go off to church, and they'll bring maybe their attendance maybe their chief leader, and then they go off to something that requires a phenomenal 
change of outlook, a phenomenal paradigm perspective that their people need. And you go back and try to share it, and you go back and try to say it, and, and they're not there. And we don't sell our events because we don't charge people uh, registrations and then turn around and sell the, the, the teachings or the recordings for 5 and $10. That just, to me, seems very unjust, very inequitable. So we don't sell them the first year. You can get them maybe the second year, but we don't sell them. So you have to ride on your event, on your notes, et cetera. Um, and, and we do patrol to see how, who's recording and not. Trust me. And so what I would say to you is that if you are a leader, even, even if you did take a recording, you can't take the anointing, you can't take the impartation from the laying on of hands, you can't take the spiritual deliverance that's required for you to shift your organization. You know, next week I'm doing a teaching on, <laughs> I'm doing a webinar on, is it time to change your guard? Come on, love on me there. Ah, yeah. Is it time to change your guard? How do you know when it's time to change your guard? Sometimes you are stuck with a guard because you're loyal. You're stuck with a guard because they, you're familiar and all of that, but you can't go forward. So next week, you want to join me for a nice lunch and learn webinar. Is it time for you to change your guard? You like that? Because that's important. And from there, there are two follow-ups, how to recognize your new guard and then how to install them in place. So you're, you're going to love this because we, we do a lot of teaching about guards and guardianships, but what we don't do is help people know what to do with a guard that has hit their max, peaked out, worn out, passed out, drained out, something. And so God keeps saying, is it time to change your guard? Do they like that? Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to go into do next week. Watch your Facebook and watch your Twitter and Periscope and all of that to find out when those when this happening. But you will have a good opportunity to sit down, have a little lunch, and figure out what God is saying to you about your guards. Whether you are a guard, want to be a guard, or you have people guarding your work, as we say in the church vernacular. So we're going to do <laughs> We're going to do that. Is that great? I love it. I'm having a great time. Now, I want to, did we do enough housekeeping? Yes. Now it's time for them to share, share, share. Yeah, go share everything. And you listen, you want to share. Now, here's what you tell me. So you can put in there. Dr. Price is going to talk about the September 23rd end of the world prophecy. Now, you know you want to share that, and you know you want to hear my thoughts on it. So let's talk about it. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm rolling on the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I do have some, some paper. I got Brother Dr. Dale blogged, and I got somebody else talking about, I, I have not a clue. Anyway, but they're talking about, yeah, um, it's like ask them or something, but they're talking about the end of the world, and everybody put us into uh, the book of Revelation. Now, I have a... Uh, I have a perspective on the end of the world. One of the things I was doing before I got here is I, was, I wrote out, and I hope I have it on the back of here, I wrote out how many times we have ended the world in September. I think that's an interesting thing. Don't you think, Ashley? I really do. 
end of September. We keep ending the world in September. So I would like to know what is it about September that makes people think the world should end? Oh, here we are. Mm-hmm. So I wrote. I went on the. I went on a trusty little internet, and I realized that 2010, 2012. I'm sorry, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2015, 2016, and 2017. All September's or years that we want to end the world. Most of them are in September. When I say that all of them are. So when September comes, it's almost like our ninth month. You know, in the year which we would, we would think birthing, you know? And, <laughs> and seventh month, if you're going to God's kind of calendar, thinking the year, concluding the year ends in February. So is it the seventh month for completion or spiritual completion and dominion or the ninth month? So we are having this, we're having our next raft, the world is going to end. Well, I know for a fact that that's just not going to happen. So you can all unpack your luggage. Hallelujah. Don't sign the deed. Don't, 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 don't make your will. It's not going to end. The world is not going to end because there are so many other signs that have to happen globally for God to do this that it just isn't going to happen. Now, you can say, well, you know, he started got it all together. Yeah, but, you know, it takes God a lot of years to do everything because everything is so tightly interconnected. So I'm going to be the voice of, you know, wisdom, reason. The world's not going to end. So go ahead on, have the kids' birthday party. It's going to be wonderful. We'll be here. Will the world shift? Well, the world has been shifting to my knowledge since 2002. And I'm sure before then. But my first uh, revelation and disclosure from God that the world is shifting began in 2000 when I had a, an extensive vision. And in the vision, I watched an airplane. I've told you before who can find it. I don't know. But I have a couple of people actually. They, they live in my archives. So, but in, in the vision, I had a vision that lasted all night long, all night. And uh, whenever I turned over or whatever, it would halt. And then when I went back to sleep, it would start again. And in the vision, there was a plane. A huge jet. I mean, it was massive, but it was not metal. It was not made of any material of this world. It was full of light. The jet was 100% energy, and it was full of light. That's all. It was like uh, it was almost like somebody um, a, a, a sunburst just taking the shape of a plane and flying, and it flew. And, it, and when I first saw it, it was very very far away. Then as I continued in my sleep or in my vision, it kept coming closer and closer. When it got close to me, opened up windows. Now, there were no windows on it, but then it opened up windows. And when it opened up windows, I saw two things. I saw the Lord Jesus, and I saw, saw um, his angels. He had, like, this huge, I guess, archangel. And so first I saw him, and then I saw the angel. And then the windows closed, and it continued to fly. And it flew until it came into our airspace. And I remember it arriving on Sunday morning. And I have to find the, because somebody will tell me, I'm sure my daughter will, the date. But it arrived Sunday morning, 7.30 a.m. It docked. And he says, I'm coming into your, your uh, realm, and I'm going to dock there. And he told me he was going to dock for 20 to 25 years. Now, 
I thought, really? And so, again, new stuff. Now, I'm used to God giving me supernatural dreams because, well, you don't get the dictionary and the handbook and all of this stuff without it. But this was very different because God wanted me to know that his arrival was imminent. And so we've had, you know, that was the first major one, and we've been watching. Now, every time I had one of these dreams, the earth was slammed with storms. Every single time. Never failed. When I have one, trust me, they're going to be slammed with storms. Why? The maker is coming to do what he wants to do in his planet. And he wants to get his opposition out of the way. So he just starts moving and shifting his staff. You know, he has a staff. He has a staff of light and dark. And he just moves his adversary out of the way. And he, just, he puts a moratorium on them. And he tells them, we're not doing this for a while. Uh, and then when he's done, there it is. So that was the very, very first time. And then I had several more from then. I remember him telling me not long after that, I'm getting ready to eliminate nations. There are nations that I am, like, you know, those who know, oh, we read the Bible, we read a whole lot of history, period. We read about a lot of nations. So the next time he said, I'm getting ready to, to eliminate nations and realign nations. And he said, because what he wants to do has to have a particular complex of sovereign power. So we're going to see his sovereign power shift in major ways. And, and I'm not talking about just who's going to be president or who's going to, going to be king or queen. I'm saying that the sovereign powers that he's assembling right now, they will not look like what we know. And if you pay attention, you're going to start seeing God removing nations because he's pulling them off of his board. And I've watched him do it. So, you know, just think about the ones that are not around anymore. And then there are several, about three very small, almost seemingly insignificant countries that God is going to elevate to nation, recognize nation status. And he needs to do them because of the resources of their land. So if he's doing all of that, clearly he's not going to end the world. He's doing stuff. He's still using it, still getting things done. The next time I dream and I get a word from God on this um, is around the tsunami. The first, that tsunami that, that really slammed everybody. And for almost six months, and I'm saying this for a reason, for almost six months, the earth kept clicking. And, and I kept hearing the plates of the earth clicking, and they were shifting. And I watched them, and God opened up, and I looked underground, and they were shifting. And, of course, you know, there was no periscope or whatever, so we couldn't even share that. You know. And so finally, when it happened, God said, because he re designed the, 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 the uh, structure, the physiological structure of the planet. And he also realigned it in other ways. We saw that cosmically. Now, all of this is proven. So it's not like, you know, uh, it's not happening, just something hyper. So we go there. I'm having a great time right now. So we go there, and, and God begins to let me know again. I'm coming into your space. I'm coming into your airspace. I wrote an article about the coming of Jesus Christ manifesting as the eternal King David. He's coming as the lion because he already has the lamb here. We are the lamb. Okay? We are sheep. And so he's coming as the lion. He's coming to do business in world powers. It's not, I'm telling you, it's very different 
and the church is going to feel this difference. And it's been feeling it on and on and on and on. And, you know, so, and remember, we're, we've been hearing, you know, prophecy, brother, if the day of the church is over and the end of the church is over because everybody feels like we've defeated the evangelicals, so it's over. Well, you know, God didn't start the church with the evangelicals. Slap. He started the church with apostles and prophets. Oh, new perspective, isn't it? The church was never started with evangelicals. Evangelicals populated the church. They spread the church. They built some congregations. But the church of the Lord Jesus Christ never started with evangelicals. That's a phrase that they have that we came up with because of dominion. He didn't start a church with pastors. There were no pastors in existence when the Lord Jesus Christ started his church. Not one. Not one. Because he had wrapped up Israel and he sent the Holy Spirit to bring his eternal ecclesia to the planet to embody it for it to be his presence in the world. So when they tell you that because the evangelicals are being, whatever they think they did to them, when they tell you that, just say, well, I'm glad. That's okay. No great loss. In the sense of, it's always a loss because the saints are the saints. We need all of us. We need everybody on deck. But the thing is, you have got to stop thinking that God started this with evangelicals. He started this with apostles. He started it with prophets. Prophets started the whole entire salvation, God, nation thing. They started it. Jesus started with the prophets. When he came, he preached from the prophets. So now... You have all of these people talking about, well, you know, the day of the church is over. Satan will always talk. He, nobody gives him updated news from heaven. He's out. He's not on the news feed. All right? <laughs> He's making it up as he goes along, just like everybody else in this realm. But he, God, started the church with apostles and prophets. And when Jesus Christ said, and upon this rock, it wasn't a rock of evangelism. It wasn't the rock of pasturing. He said, upon this rock, rock, I say to you, thou art Peter. The rock and the foundation of the church is apostles. The church is a pillar and ground of truth, but we are the foundations. Ephesians 2.20 says that. So you can knock out evangelism all day long as if the Lord would let that happen, but you can do that, but you can't get rid of the church. He said, because the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And the gates of hell, which is one of the studies that we have in my program, the gates of hell have no power to do it. God never, ever, ever took the whole apostle thing off of his church. He just never did. The you know, the, the Protestants don't have never had a quality, viable apostleship institution because of their fear of whatever. But the church did not exist when Jesus Christ came to the planet and summoned apostles. There was no church. When they went out to preach their first sermon, they did not go to congregation. They went to cities. Oh, let me hit. They went to cities, people. They didn't go to churches. It was not an inter-church move. It was an inter-village, inter-town, inter-city move. 
Doesn't that help you out a lot? I'm going somewhere with this. I know you don't think so. So God said to apostles upon this rock, because he didn't have any other staff. No staff. Come on, somebody. Am I getting, give me some water. I got to drink something. I'm, woo, what, my, I'm hot myself. We act as if when Jesus was on the planet, he had the fivefold. We act as if when Jesus was on the planet, he had the threefold. Jesus had no staff. His cabinet were those 12 apostles. So when God vowed that his church would not be destroyed, he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. You can't destroy this church because it is my body, my omnipotence, my sovereignty, my dominion, my authority, my power is the church, and the church is my power. Now, you can look at individual Christians and make whatever judgments you wish, but the institution called the new creation ecclesia of the Lord Jesus Christ the royal priesthood, the holy nation, the chosen generation, that church, you can't take it out. And it cannot be taken out because the Holy Spirit is here. The church is embodied and entwined with the Holy Ghost. And until you move the Holy Spirit, so you need to stop letting people prophesy lies just because they had some little meeting where they sniffed and snorted and got some sort of hallucination. You need to stop letting them tell you that the Holy Spirit will take the church, and the church will not go until the Holy Spirit has received the command from the Father. You cannot take us out. You may take out bodies. You may take out families. I'm telling you, the spirit of it, God's going to continue to birth people anew in his kingdom. He's going to enlarge his citizenship. The roles of redemption are going to continue to increase because God's not finished. Because God promised everybody who believed in him to the end would be saved. So until the end means when God is ready to take the Holy Spirit out or the end being when God himself says this is the last person who has an option to receive or reject me. Now, Christians, saints, family, stop buying the life. Stop being gullible. Stop being sensational. You're all sensationalists. Wow, the world's going to end. And everybody's talking about the world's going to end. What does that mean? That means we're not going to be here. It, that, that's not a, a, we're not talking about the world's going to end in the movie. We're just going to go to this great movie, watch this enormous drama, this epic drama, and go back home to business as usual. Stop condemning the world. Stop trying to kill it. We keep trying to kill this thing. Why? To whose advantage that it is killed early? So going on, I'm having fun. Actually, I really am. So now, so I've handled the first thing. The world's not ending September 23rd. Let's be God. Until <laughs> that night, we get a little retreat. Now, and then so we then we have this whole other thing with the stars and the this is a nice Dr. Dale blog. I think it's the 20, what is it, 12. But anyway, talking about um, talking about the world coming to the end based on the stars and the, and the what do you call it, the uh, constellations and, and all of that other good stuff. But I want to tell you something. It is very true that God has shifted the heavens. Storms have done it. Clouds have done it. 
You know, he has shifted the heavens, and it is very true that Jesus is in our airspace and has been for a while. What we don't know is where he is and where he's going to show up. But he's in our airspace, which is why there's so much turbulence. God is creating, he's clearing the space for himself. He's, there, he's saturated here. He's brought an embassy in the spirit realm, and we call it spirit realm, so we think it's not there. No, it's an invisible embassy. It's in, the, it's in the clouds. It's in the heavens. It's here now. It's not coming any longer, which is why we keep getting these massive, massive storms, because that's how massive the stronghold of darkness was. The next vision I had was when I, uh, again, I think I've told you before, but it bears repeating, was um, I'm brought into the heavens, and I look up. An angel comes to get me, and he takes me out to a field. I look up to the heavens, and I see all of these spaceships coming in. They're not, like the weird stuff we see, there's not that. They are, they really aren't. They're so, the, the, the density is like, the, the thickness of the material is like a building. Like, they are dense, they have, um, they, uh, and they were housing God's citizens from his world. And I think I told you about this, and so the first time I saw them, they just came and they docked in our earth realm. They just docked, and, and, and they took me to the dock. I saw the station, saw a, a whole slew of them there, you know, because we're so used to devils coming and docking. We don't think God can, so I just want to let you know that, you know, he's using God's technology. And so... We, he comes, and, and they're docking there, and I said, well, who are they? And they're just coming from his realm, and I mean, they're just coming in. Like an entire world is entering this one as a force. The next time I dreamed, which is about two, two years, uh, two, two or three days later, maybe weeks later, uh, and this is recent. We're talking about August of last year or the year before last, so two Augusts ago. And so the next time I'm dreaming this, he, um, and I'm, again, in the field, these, these docked plants are now, people are deplaning. People are coming out of these docked vessels, and they're coming out in various ways. Some of them are just being dropped down. I, have, I said this before, um, planes are coming out, fighter planes are coming out, bomber planes are coming out, and then commercial airlines are coming out of these vessels, and they're massive. And some of the people are being dropped from the, parachuted from the, uh, commercial airlines, because I didn't realize that they were literally silver people, they were being dropped to the planet. And he said, this is, I'm bringing my civilization. Come on. You know, God, we always talk about Jesus. uh, uh, uh. We always talk about Jesus coming alone. But if, if every time I read scripture, he never comes alone. He always brings tens of thousands of his own immortal citizens with him. Always. I don't care what it is. The Lord is coming with his warriors. He's coming with his saints. He's coming with his angels. He's coming with this. He doesn't come alone. We think he's coming alone. The only time Jesus came to the planet alone was when he incarnated to enter the virgin's womb. And even with that, angels opened up and opened the heavens that, you know, oh, no, we don't let our king travel alone. Oh, I am so excited. You know, that's a good phrase. Yeah. We don't allow our king to travel through the darkness alone. We don't do that. We back our king. We protect him, and we preserve him. So it's never that. When you see Ezekiel when he comes, he's coming. He's got a, a whole force of these living creatures and all of whatever attendance he has. He's a king. He needs a lot. The God needs a lot. And so 
they're dropping and they and he's dropping them into the planet and they are falling into the planet and and literally blending with society. We'll be back to seeing angels unaware very very soon. We will be entertaining angels unaware very very soon. So again, why would he do that if he's going to wipe out the planet? Now he's doing. And there are other things that God is doing right now. That's important. And you should know. So we go there, and then we come down to my really famous Melchizedek, Melchizedek visitation. This one was not sleep. Eyes wide open. We uh, uh, this man stands in my dining room, and um, and when he does, it's a Sunday after church. And I'm sure that my listeners will give you the dates of these things when I shared them before. But um, so he stands in my kitchen, and he is a, a glorious man. He's huge. And he's actually a very pretty man. I was like, wow, he's really pretty. But still very masculine, like very manly. And I saw so he's standing there, and he's dressed in this blue uniform, and he has this blue cap on his head, and behind him are little versions of him. And I just know that they're little versions of him. And so I'm standing there, and I go, and he looks at me, and I look at him, and then he begins to talk as if he's talking to a, a ship in the air, and he says, I'm in. He said, we're taking over. And he said, we're taking over government. We're taking over the country and nations. And he said, and we're taking over the Supreme Court. And I thought, really? And I'm listening to him talk, so I know he's reporting back to whoever his commander is. He, he disappears. And then I look around, and I'm thinking, well, who is this? And so we were having prayer uh, the next morning. and. I said to God after prayer, God, I would give anything. And I just said it, you know, inwardly. I would give anything to know who that man was because he spoke as one who was 100% familiar with the world. He knew it. He understood its flaws. He understood how it ticked. He understood the mechanics of it. He knew how to move it. He knew how to shake it. He knew how to do all of that. And I said, but he knows this planet, and he knows this planet like no one else was. You almost want to think it was Jesus because he was so much like the spirit of Jesus, but he wasn't Jesus Christ himself. So I said to the Lord, if you would, let me know. I would give anything to know who, who this man was. Before I got the words out, he said it was Melchizedek. I said, okay, I'm done. And then when you look in scripture, Melchizedek shows up when the planet is going to shift. He is a major shifter of the planet, and he's a shift agent. So God uses him to shift. But when you think about it, here we got Moses. Glory to God. We got Moses um, um, doing his, um, excuse me, Abraham. God is shifting the planet. He's establishing his spirit. He's establishing his dominion and his uh, control in the planet. And so who does Abraham meet? Melchizedek. And then we're moving right on the line. We go all the way down, and we hear him mentioned again in Psalm 110. We almost don't know why until we realize he's mentioned because David is shifting royalty and government. And then we go all the way down again, and we come down to Jesus, who was made high priest over the order of Melchizedek. High priest. So that means that they were priests, but Jesus, high priest. And then when we hear about it again, it's Paul shifting the Gentiles to Christ. As we go forward, now I'm, I'm, I'm realizing that God sent this man because we're about to have another major God takeover shift. I don't care about the movies they wrote. I don't care about your horror stories. I don't care about your little comic books. 
and all of those other things, I'm telling you, God is making it impossible for Satan to continue his work because he's stripping him of his resources and he's stripping him of his dominion. And he's doing it for a season to prepare the earth for the next thing he wants to get done. And a major thing he's doing is establishing apostleship and prophetic at the head of his church because they are who he promised would not allow the gates of hell to prevail against this church. Now, we have a lot of people, we got title grabbers and, and, and label snatchers, but there are those that God has already been grooming with the same spirit that he uses with Melchizedek and all of those other things, grooming to secure his planet for him. But not only that, to work closely with him. See, the key to apostleship is working closely with the king. Oh, somebody. I got to hit this. Come on. It needs to make noise. That's the key. And all of these freelance apostles don't work with Jesus. And if they don't work with him, they don't work for him. Can we say that? They don't work with Jesus. Because they're telling you everything that Jesus doesn't like. They're promoting what Jesus has come to destroy. They are literally working with the destroyer in the name of Jesus Christ. That is why we have all of this kind of schism, all of this culture stuff. All of those other cultural things came from other spirits. And the Lord Jesus is not in that. So when you start looking at apostles that are definitely culture-crafted, culture-molded, culture-branded, because they wear the culture's brand. These are cultural-branded Christians. And they wear the brand of Jesus' adversaries then you are not looking at an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you might be looking at an apostle because Satan has apostles. He said, Paul said they're false apostles. But when you are representing Jesus Christ, then it is what Jesus is doing, does, and stands. These people don't even believe in what the man believes in. They're trying to change him. And he can't change. So now... So from our Melchizedek thing, we just, we moved on, and it was really great. And I had a wonderful time, and God told me who he was. And then when I um, was in, where was I? I think we were in D.C. or maybe, and God, I had a dream, and this amazing vision. And if there was this, an institution, a building that served as government building, institutional building, uh, community building, you know, um, a public service building, et cetera. It served them, so it was like a, a, a multi-purpose, you know, governmental thing. And so we were inside for some reason because they were dorms. We were inside this building, and, there, and then when I wake up, I go outside, and there I could see we had a horrible storm. I mean, the storm was wretched, and you could feel it because it was still lingering in the air. But on the ground were all of these dead snakes, and it was a ton of them. And no matter where you went, there were dead snakes, light, um, light color, dark color, orange, green, beautiful skin, etc. different size. They were there. And I said to God, what are these snakes? He said, I'm casting witchcraft out of my high places. And so that means that we were in kind of a Mount Carmel season. And so, so the storm, whatever the storm did, and I don't know all of it because I don't have the answers, but whatever that storm did, it, it dislodged God's adversaries 
from their seats of power and authority. And so, and why am I saying this? Because we can have all of these great revelations from God, but they need to be heard. The people need to know what God is doing. I said to you several weeks ago, God is getting ready to do some very strange things, some very, very devastating and some deadly things. And he said to the saints, don't touch it. Pray for the people. Pray for their grace. Pray for their mercies. Pray for their restoration. But understand, I'm doing, this is sovereign business now. We are clashing. We're talking about sovereign clashes that have nothing to do with us and everything to do with why we're here. So we, 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 I have that. I see this one, and I go on. And the next time I'm, I'm, I'm visiting God, I'm, I'm, and that's why I know that this is, this is so serious. And I'm, I'm, I'm brought out again, and I look up, and, and there's nothing but this thick darkness. It is so black. You can't see through it. And suddenly, over to this side, to my right, it opens up, and you see nothing but the glories of heaven. And God is letting us know he is sitting on the darkness. And he's opening a space, and he's opening a place, us to have our kind of uh, John 151 and, and uh, Genesis 28, where heaven and earth, heaven is now exiting and entering earth. Very important for you to check this, because these are what God is doing. Yes, the world is changing. Yes, the shifting has come. No doubt about it. That is done. Nobody can stop it. Yes, Jesus is here, but he's here now not as the lowly Savior that everybody cusses out in movies and all of those kinds of things. That's why people are, God is, is judging people so quickly now. There used to be, you know, we used to take a couple of years, 10 years, okay? No, you almost get your little curse out and you're gone. Or you slap with some, some sort of whatever because that's where God is. And so I look at that and I say, well, God, man, you really have opened up the heaven. And so God is taking over the planet. I don't care about all of these religions. To God, they're, they're humans' religions. They are God's adversaries. And he's taking out his adversaries. He's bringing them under arrest. Some of them are coming under Holy Ghost arrest until the time of the end. Others are being just suppressed, and others are just being destroyed. So God is doing this. So all of this new age stuff that we have, and everybody's all excited because you got rid of the Christian church, you didn't. And I'll tell you something that, that I've said for years, and I'll continue to repeat it. God, for, God compelled the church to demonstrate or manifest its lamb quality, meat, quiet, whatever. He compelled that for growth, for global um, for global, uh, uh, I want to say discipleship. That's what I was looking for, for global discipleship. But when you start telling God that his church is gone, the church turns into the lion. See, it's not just Jesus, the lion is going to walk. That's why Christians are coming up very different. They're not this mushy thing people have come become accustomed to. Christians are not. They're learning their God. They're learning about Jesus Christ. And they're like, hold on, we are the one. We're the heirs of the earth. We are, are you kidding? We're the guardians and we're the heirs. But God wanted to grow his son's seed throughout the earth. And in order to do it, he had to create two things, a safe haven for them to be in, number one. And number two, he had to pull that lion's mane off of them so that they would manifest as sheep and not be so ferocious and scary to their population. God did that on purpose. 
Because I'm telling you, if we look at all of these Christians, y'all got talking about, yeah, well, he's a really good guy. He really is. But understand, as the father, so goes the kid. We're not that different from the Lion of Judah because he's in us. He tamed down, pulled back on the lion, and pushed up on the lamb so the society would be able to assimilate with us and we could assimilate in society. But now the lines have been drawn, and there has been this spiritual Mount Carmel war schedule, and God's uh, children are going to act like him in every way. And that's going to happen and going to be that way for quite a little while. You know, people ask, well, where were the apostles and prophets? He didn't need the lion, and he didn't need the eagle. He needed the lamb, which were our evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now he needs the lions, and he needs the eagle. And that's very different. Hallelujah, very, very different. So as so far as, you know, the world coming to an end, that is not going to happen. And, yes, there are, you know, lineups. The heavens are lining up, and they have lined up because Jesus Christ himself is taking up position in this realm for however long he thinks it's necessary for him to occupy his station here. And he's going to do a lot of things. There'll be, I'll have further conversation on this at another time, but right now, Prophet Ashley, I'm going to give you an opportunity to speak into it and share what our viewers are saying. Well, this is um, obviously much needed revelation and insight, and really giving us the language to refute this. I mean, and not even just to refute it, like, this is ridiculous, but actually from God's perspective, why it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so uh, some of the people are saying, teach apostle, that's right, teach, got a lot of amen. Um, I like the phrase, the key to apostleship is working closely with the king. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? No, I thought the key to apostleship was buying a lot of buildings and traveling a lot of nations. I mean, we really have bypassed the greatest point mm-hmm. of apostleship. Yeah, the okay. king. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see, you are awesome, apostle. Amen. That's true. Amen. Truth. Hallelujah. So powerful. Um, someone says, I got to share this again. Mm-hmm. Again. I already shared it. I'm going to share it some more. I need to share this again. Um, and I appreciate you sharing your vision of the timeline mm-hmm. of how this happened. Very biblical. Well, we see Daniel's vision and uh, Ezekiel's visions and, of course, the Apostle John's visions, all these visions showing the timeline of what God is doing. Some of it happening then. Others, mm-hmm. some of those things are pronounced. Pronounced. Just happened. That they saw hundreds of years later. And so um, that's, of course, possible. Let's see. When Jesus came, he preached from the prophets. Love that. The rock is the apostles upon this rock, upon the apostles mm-hmm. in my church. This is why the church is so unstable. Yeah. No apostles. You know, the apostles are off doing, I don't even know what. I can't even tell you. I don't connect with a lot of them, but I don't see any real evidence of doing what God needs or even working with the king. Well, you know, I'm teaching the five-fold government book, five-fold ministry offices book and the five-fold government class, and my online lectures that I'm doing going through the book, I tell you what, the first before you get to chapter one, your introductory pages about the descriptives, the 11 descriptives that you have of the fivefold offices, what we are all supposed to be doing in general. Mm-hmm. Before we get to the specific. 
think everybody is so focused on me as a prophet, me as an apostle, that we forget our universal ministerial obligations to God, mm-hmm. to Jesus Christ, and perpetuating what he started. Mm. Anyway, don't even get me started. I love on that. it. I know, but we have forgotten. I recorded lectures this morning, so I'm fired up. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> and how you said that apostles went to cities, not congregations. The work of the Holy Spirit is so effective, we can't envision a world without the church. No, well, without church building. But you do know that when when the apostles built, because today the whole thing is church planting. Right. They're planting built congregations. But in the beginning, the, the apostles planted the church in people. People were the church. People. Now, that's not to negate the, the eventual need to put your gathering population somewhere. Mm-hmm. But the church is not a building. The church was planted in people because the church was planted in God's in God's body as his organ, because we are, it's a body. And one of my favorite statements you made, I think you hammered on it before, slapped on it, um, how you talked about the agents of eternity, we don't allow our king to travel through the darkness alone. No, no. Hey, Ashley, do you remember when Jesus was standing before Pilate? And what did he say? I am not alone. I can call. He said, I can call. This could be a wrap right now. uh, Right now, 12 legion of angels. I just want you to understand, I don't have to travel alone. My people, my citizens want me to live. My citizens want me to survive. My citizens want me to continue to be their king, to continue to reign over them. This church on earth may not want God to reign over them, but there is a whole immortal world that is determined that their king is going to be king of kings forever. We act like only our feelings count. But those people, they are serious about God. When I, I, I was sharing with someone recently, I had, when I had one of the times and I had the opportunity to just observe God and his angels, and so Jesus is sitting on the throne and he's handing out these instructions and, and whatever for these angels, and they are like, first of all, when you stand, when you look at him, all they are is dripping with love for him. Their love for him is so overwhelming, you get intoxicated just being in the midst of it. They are dripping with love for him. I mean, he's their king, he's their God, and that's all they know. So he sends this angel out, and this angel has to come to earth to do something. So, you know, he's going to be gone for a little bit. And so he is going through, and he's, he's conflicted because he, he, he wants to do everything the king says, but the angel is also conflicted because I'm going to be away from my, I'm not going to be home. I'm not going to be able to So he's going down, and I said, God, well, what is that I'm feeling? Because I was feeling, he said, he's feeling, he wants to, what did he say? Hurry up to do the job so he can get back to the presence of the Lord. We are like, oh, man, we got to go to church, and we got to, okay. Now, remember, this crowd that's around Jesus is so huge, you don't see the end of it, so not everybody is seeing him. Not everybody's up close and personal in that throne room, in that wherever he is. And so I say that to you to say we have a long way to go in our affections for the Lord Jesus Christ and what those affections mean. Did you get any more comments? Oh, yes. This, this is the amen choir. <laughs> we got, what do we have on there? It's beautiful. I mean, then you have some people just making some other statements. I'll <laughs> see you in time. Oh. But here's. In the end, it means it's time to checkmate God. <laughs> ah, who said that? I, I don't know. I missed who said it, but that was good. That was good. 
You know, you have people, remember this. I remember I said to you before, there are people who will argue God in print, but the print is only a portion, an excerpt from the person. Mm-hmm. You've got to know the person to appreciate the print. Uh, in my uh, apostolic prophetic Bible education class, I keep saying, but we have got to know the Bible from its authoring mental, uh, mantle and not from the people who adapted it to their world, their realm, their culture. And it's kind of like how you know me. You don't know me just from this dictionary. Right. You know me from a whole personal perspective, which is why you can talk about the dictionary, but then you can talk about me as the author of the dictionary, and you can talk about what made me author it and on and on. And until people stop arguing just the print, that we're assuming is the whole story, the whole thing, the entire record of Jesus Christ and God Almighty, until they stop just arguing the print, they will always miss the person because they become the person who validates the print and not its author. Good. I think you just dropped the ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's time. Uh, who have I got there? Periscope, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Periscope, yes. Okay, because you're not got them now. Mm-hmm. Periscope, it is time to leave you. I'm going to leave you to go to lunch and uh, or to go back to work, some of you. Hallelujah. Uh, but we will meet again Sunday for Scripturally Organic, Culturally Unmodified Christianity with the Congregation of the Mighty, where God stands. You know, it comes from Psalm 82. It says, but God stands. He's not laid out. He's not packed away. God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He's always welcome. He's always cherished. He's always loved and enjoyed. So don't forget, join us Sunday at 10 a.m. In addition, um, be on the lookout for the webinar, our Lunch and Learn webinar on Is It Time to Change Your Guard? Have a great day. Let's move over to Blog Talk Radio, Prophet Adia. All right. Well, guys, you have been listening online today to the Paula Price Show on blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show. And what a show it has been as you're transitioning over. If you've just joined us on the line, we want you to press that number one so that we can get to your calls here in this second hour want to let you guys know a few announcements today as you've been listening to the broadcast you've been hearing dr price speak about so many things i want to let you know how you can get involved and get moving with paula price ministries so a few announcements today price university is well underway our first classes have commenced september 15th was our first day of online class and september the 18th was our first day of campus class and wow god is on the move here in tulsa and online and if you want Want to find out how you can get involved with what we are doing at Price University, we invite you to visit us online at priceuniversity.org, priceuniversity.org. Visit us online there so that we can get you connected. Schedule a consultation with us if you have questions or just begin to fill out your application so we can move you through the process and start you on your journey with us. Very soon there will be information up about all of our single course options. We now have single course options where you can take one class at a time. We also have non-degree program options as well, of course, as degree options. So visit us online, priceuniversity.org, fill out an application, and let us connect with you on on how you can get started with your higher education journey. We want to partner with you in going to the next level. We We are learning today, guys, so that we can lead 
tomorrow. So visit us online, priceuniversity.org. All right, Dr. Price is going to be in Portland October 6th through the 8th this October. So you do not want to miss this if you are in that area up in North America. If you're there in that area, then we want to see you here with us in Portland for the Prophetic Institute there. The Northwest Prophetic Institute is putting this on. And if you visit northwestpropheticinstitute.com, you'll be able to get all the information um, online about how you can get registered. So October 6th, through the 8th. Dr. Price will be in Portland with the Northwest Prophetic Institute. Dr. Alf Spears, Apostle Stephen Holt, and uh, Dr. Price's prophetic team will be there. We'll be ministering. We'll be teaching. And we cannot wait to dive in with you. So visit us in Portland. Coming up in November, the 15th through the 18th, the Apostleship Summit is here, guys. It's literally about 55 days away today. So it's a little less than two months away. We're going to be here in Tulsa for the New Era Apostleship Summit, and we want to get you involved with that. You can register now, buy one, get one, through the 30th of September is buy one, get one for 140 So split that difference with someone, and each of you are going for $70 a piece, and you really can't beat that price. Buy one, get one now through the 30th. Take advantage of it. Uh, the deadline is a hard deadline, so we're not going to push you past the 30th, so make sure you get in on this buy one, get one deal. It's happening right now, and you can register online at Dr. Paula A. Price. You can also register for Early Bird, which is $99 and goes to the 15th of October. You can register a group. Groups of 10 or more are $75 per person. Or you can register a group of five or more for $89 per person. So get in on these deals right now happening at drpaulaaprice.com. Click events. If you're making your reservations at the hotel, the hotel is the Crown Plaza, the Southern Hills Crown Plaza in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Southern Hills Crown Plaza in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And what you want to do is call that local line, which is listed there on our website at drpaulaaprice.com. Call the local line for the hotel and make sure you specify Paula Price Ministries when you are booking so you can get our special event rate. You don't want to miss out on what God is doing. Uh, so many powerful voices are going to be with us uh, this year. Dr. Edgar Gonzalez from Puerto Rico, Apostle Keith Johnson will be with us. Dr. John Swales from ORU will be speaking at the Dignitaries Dinner. Minister Tony Mason of Tulsa will be ministering in worship in the evenings, and also Dr. Nishan Walker ministering to us as well. The evenings are open to the public, so if you're close by, if you're in the Tulsa area or surrounding plan to be here for us, uh, plan to be here for this, for the summit, but also plan to invite some friends to be a part of the open to the public services that are happening in the evenings, um, Thursday evening and Friday evening. So it's going to be a powerful, powerful time. Register online at Dr. Paula A. Price. Dot com. All right, again, press that number one if you'd like to speak with Dr. Price right here in this second hour. We want to get to your calls. I'm going to turn it back over to Prophet Ashley. All right, thank you, Prophet Adia. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back after these messages. I, I wanted to take a few minutes to tell you why you want to get this course. Yes, you want to know who you are. Yes, you want to know what God sent you to do. But it is not enough to know thyself. You need to know those that the Lord has assigned to work with you, to labor with you, to understand you, to hold up your hands, and to understand that they are not just volunteers helping out, but they are fixtures. They are affixed to your commission. They are your fixtures. They are your pillars, your founders, your ground. They are your communicators, your extenders, whatever you want to call them, and it's all of that. You need someone to fit all of those capacities. And so I want you to consider using my brand new teaching, building your commission team stage one, if you're an apostle or an apostolic minister. 
because it's all the same. But what distinguishes what this teaching does is not that we're telling people about their ministry. No, we're taking people who are already in ministry or who are predisposed to ministry and who are competent or show potential for competency. And we're telling them, you're assigned to not just help me preach the word or help me spread the word, you're assigned to help me establish something in the earth, build it from the ground up, or fortify it if it's already in existence, and expand it. You want a commission team is about perpetuity, not just performance. And that is what commission training is. So may I encourage you to go to my website and to click I want this commission team. You can go to ppmglobalresources.com and say, I didn't understand it. Now I know. And it's going to give you a blueprint. And then it's going to give you criteria, and it's going to give you standards, and it's going to give you protocols, but it's also going to give you some policies and procedures as well as practices. And all together, we come alongside you as you begin to identify those that God's called to help you do more than go on a mission. We want to help you identify those who are called to become fixtures of your apostleship commission, of your apostolic commission. Again, that's drpaulaprice.com or ppmglobalresources.com. Have you ever wondered, why do I hear from God? Is what happens when I pray normal? Why do I think so differently? Is my relationship with God unusual? How do I explain my experiences with God? Does anyone else experience these things? I have so many talents, but how do I find my purpose? I know I'm called to ministry, but where do I begin? These daily questions lead to one solution. Introducing the Standardized Ministry Assessments Series. What was on God's mind when He made you? Find out how our assessments can help you uncover your greatest mystery, you. Our Standardized Ministry Assessments consist of 800 ministry-specific questions, 114 ministry-based categories, 50 ministry classifications, a comprehensive gift analysis, five-fold office identifiers, automatic response indicators, targeted benchmark scoring, automated result interpretations, custom readiness path options, call-specific recommendations, personal ministry advisement. Is this basically a personality test? No. Your results are custom designed and not based on the traditional data used to determine your personality type or IQ. Instead, your results come from you, how you think, and what you believe, not predetermined categories into which you must loosely fit. Dr. Paula Price's nearly 25 years of research and experience see to that. How is this different from a spiritual gift test? Our assessments are not a test and assess more than just your spiritual gift, what you are good at and may be interested in doing for your church. We help you define your ministry calling, how ready you are to do it full-time, the type of training you need to do it well, and the best place for you to prosper whether in or out of the church. They don't just give you a number, they give you a life plan. We offer three levels of assessments. The Ministry Assessment Questionnaire, the Prophetic Aptitude Questionnaire, the Apostolic Diagnostic. 
So what's your ministry IQ? Discover yours today. www.drpaulaprice.com or call 877-649-PPMG. Hey guys, this is Mr. Dia from Saturday Morning Kids. Every Saturday, we post a brand new episode full of God's power, full of God's word, just for kids ages 8 through 12. Subscribe to us on YouTube under Kingdom 5 Student Ministries. That's Kingdom 5 Student Ministries only on YouTube. Kids, I'm talking to you. We're diving into purpose, destiny, and God's plan for our lives. So I'll see you every Saturday for Saturday Morning Kids. Hi, my name is Chief Prophet Tala Price, and I want to invite you to join me every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time for a riveting and exciting discussion of my favorite book by my favorite author. Yes, Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum, written by the one and only Dr. Paula Price. Join us on our weekly journey of studying the history of eternity as it's been revealed through scripture. Learn your God, learn your world, learn yourself, and even your Savior before time began. We're going to discuss revelationary answers to age-old questions like how did we get here? Why does our planet exist? Does it have a creator? What was on his mind concerning us? And why did he bring Christ and Christianity into our world? Topics like these and more we'll be discussing every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can join us on Facebook Live or by Periscope. For more information, visit www.tallaprice.com. That's www.tallaprice.com. All right, and we are back on the Paula Price Show with your one and only host, Dr. Paula Price, author of The Prophet's Dictionary. She has founded New Era Apostleship Restitution. She is leading the congregation of the mighty Ecclesial Embassy. And guess what? She has a word from God for you today. There is still room in the lineup, believe it or not. So if you need prayer, guidance, wisdom, insight, or you want to give us feedback on today's exhort training exploratory, visionary. I mean, we went everywhere today. Go ahead and press that number one, and Dr. Price wants to talk to you. Dr. Price, are you ready? I am ready to talk, so make sure. And I want to hear their thoughts, you know. God's got some really smart people, and you know, Ashley, I subscribe to the smart Christian theory that if Christ is in us, we're smarter and not dumber. So I know a lot of you all have some good thoughts, some of your thoughts on this. Now, listen, I want to hear your thoughts because I want to know what you feel about the fact that, oh, the world is not ending September 23rd. And so you have to come up with another thing to to work next week. I guess. Have to pay those bills one more month. One more month. And then next September, we'll see what the next little, you know, doomsday (laughs) word is. (laughs) I think it's interesting we always want to take the planet out in September. I've got to figure out what that is. Okay, who is first on the line? Okay, first up we have Danielle from Connecticut. And uh, Danielle is calling for feedback 
from our portion, our earlier portion of today's show, and then she needs prayer for direction in her life. Danielle, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Thank you, Prophet Ashley. Hello, Dr. Paula Price. How are you, Danielle? Good to hear your voice. How's it going? I am good. I I thank God for you. Oh, my God. Um, And I, as far as the prophecy about the world ending, I knew that wasn't happening because we haven't gotten it right yet, and there's too much work that needs to be done because he already said his word is not coming back to him void, so I didn't even even listen to all that. <laughs> but isn't it kind of interesting how we keep trying to take out the world? Do you know these people? I mean, you're like, you want to take out the world? You got grandchildren, grandbabies. What, is, what, what are we supposed to do? I mean, think about in all of the generations that have yet to be born to hear the Lord. You know, the church is always trying to get out of stuff. Let's get out of work. Mm-hmm. Let's get out of, you know what I mean, ministry. Let's just get out of our duty to the planet always. Thank you for your comment. I appreciate that. I really appreciate you sharing that. So now, where are we going? Um, also, I wanted to um, make a comment about what you said, how sometimes you may think that where you're sowing at, you may sow in one place and end up harvesting somewhere else. How I can relate to that because the church home where I was going to when I was first introduced to Dr. Paula Price's teaching, I couldn't, I didn't understand it. I thought it was like too deep, but to be at the place where I'm at now where I understand and I connect so much with what you've been teaching, where it's gotten to a place where I know that I need and the world needs scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching that you're doing where it, you know, it helped me to understand the things that I was seeing that was going on and why I felt like something was wrong with it. And I couldn't understand, you know, is it just me? Am I just being, you know, too, I don't know, but it just brought things together. Even um, after I um, was in the ministry school and I graduated and um, I had, we took the ministry assessment through your um, organization and um, I enrolled in, um, I'm, I'm currently enrolled in a program through your um, through PPM Global, and it just continued to put everything together. Where I I no longer was connected with what was going on there, and I knew that I needed to be connected to what you and um, Chief Prophet Tyler Price have been teaching. I've been tuning in, and it's just been blessing my life. And I just you know wanted to know the next steps that I need to take from here now that I've made that decision. Okay. First of all, thank you for sharing that testimony. It is priceless. And and hearing the testimonies are priceless because, you know, Danielle, it lets us know it's working and it's bearing fruit. You know, Paul talked about the word of the Lord bearing fruit in the earth, and it's bearing good fruit to God because there's fruit, but it's bearing good fruit to God. So I want to thank you for your comments and your testimony. The question that you have before me today is what exactly should, what do you let me before you ask. Let's back up. Let's back up just a little bit. Um, so, are you still in the church, or are you fi- trying to find out does God want you to shift churches or to move all together or what? Um, at first, I, I was going all over. Like I was like, do I? I felt like I need to leave, but I was like, okay. But you know, I'm trying to be in prayer. Like, okay, do I leave? Do I stay here? Am I supposed to be bringing? your scriptures were organic to this church. I, and then I was just like, 
um, when I talked to my advisor, she was like, you know, you need to make the choice. You have to take responsibility for your um, what you're going to do. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to decide to go then because I'm not in agreement with what's going on here, even though I, you know, I love it and I continue to pray. But, you know, so I'm I'm trying to figure that out too, you know, Am I supposed to leave altogether? Is it just for a certain time and I, I'm going back? I, I'm still trying to find clarity with that. Well, here's a couple of things. Um, first of all, I applaud you for your astuteness because a lot of things, <clears throat> even though they know their problems, they stay there <clears throat> because somehow or another they think that they can pray the, the, the uh, repentance and turnaround for a leader who is determined to leave God. So let me just tell you this about leaders. and I'm. I'm not speaking about your leader personally, but I am speaking about um, leaders in general. Leaders do not leave God overnight. Mm -hmm. That is not something that you just wake up and say, you know, I'm just upset with God, and so I'm just, we're just not going to do it like that any longer. I'm just going to do things the way I see fit. No, leaders wrestle because God's deposits in our soul are so deeply rooted and so fused with our makeup, you have to train yourself to stop thinking about Jesus the way he uh, taught you and to begin to think about him differently. So people who have been in leadership a long time don't change overnight. They work at changing, shedding one thing at a time or one thing after another until they finally feel relieved of the Lord, his truth, and his righteousness. People are trying to be relieved of God's pressure, his truth, and his righteousness. They want to be relieved of God. And they, they don't want God to relieve them of duty, but they want mm. to be relieved of God. And so when that happens, it takes very astute sheep sitting in the congregation to say something is wrong. And usually, they before they say it, they sense it and have gone through it and wrestle with it because sheep, like their leaders, don't take it quickly that their leader has shifted. That's the hardest mm. thing to do. It's very difficult to say that so-and-so who raised you up in the Lord, who taught you God the way you know it, who was so on fire for God that it just, oh, my goodness, it just consumed you, and, you, and it was, you know, it was magnetic. It was, uh, uh, you know, appealing. And then all of a sudden, they're lukewarm about God. They're starting to say it doesn't take all that much. They're dropping the guard and dropping the bar mm -hmm. and changing mm -hmm. the messages, all of that. It takes a while for you to call that more than a temptation and more than a seduction. Because in the beginning, that's what we do. Oh, my pastor's under attack. My pastor's in seduction. My pastor's under temptation. But we always say, when we say that, we think of it as a temporary thing. And when it becomes prolonged and they begin to alter the church's function, behaviors, orders, and, and um, practices to that new way, to their relieved of God way of life, it's stunning. I think that sometimes when people talk about leaders and they want leaders to, you know, I'm praying for the leaders to come. Yeah, but you lose a lot of people. A lot of sheep get wounded and get confused and become derailed because of that behavior. Now, having said that, you have obviously shown yourself to be a sheep that recognizes this leader is, has, has gone beyond being in trouble and has committed to being relieved of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if that's the case, that is not an easy decision, but you feel so stripped and naked when you have to make it. And then you have to find a way. So, And I'm saying this to you, but I'm also speaking to so many other people out there 
when I say you've got to know when your leader has gone from being in trouble to resolving to live the trouble as a practice of life. That's hard. I remember there was a leader here, and people didn't get it, and all of a sudden he was selling off all of his teaching tapes at $5 and then giving them away for a dollar. Everything that he taught about the truth and the Christ, he just sold it, sold it away because he had already made up his mind to shift his God and to shift the way he worshiped, the way he did ministry. So let me say this. I would like you to talk with your advisor. I frankly think you're supposed to relocate. That's, that's what God said to me when you first when I first heard your voice, um, when, actually when, when, uh, when uh, Prophet Ashley was introducing you, I think you should for some great reasons. Yes, scripture organic, culturally modified, good reasons. They're very good. But there are things in you that will not happen where you are. Okay. That's why you keep seeing yourself floating elsewhere. You're not where you used to be. Everything is unfamiliar. You have been dreaming, <coughs> excuse me, unfamiliar ground for a little bit. <coughs> and so, now you understand. Unfamiliar ground means God has already put you, relocated your spirit. He just now has to convince your soul and your body to follow. Now, whether that's today, tomorrow, next year, I'm not getting a timeline per se, but I do know that the things that you've asked God to do, what you prayed for, what you need him to do, you're not going to find it there. Okay. Because you ask God for specific things, abilities, you want you—I mean, opportunities, stature—you want that. You want yeah. to literally prove to God that you are no longer going to consider being the woman you were before. Which is why you're concerned about your church. Because like, I don't want to go to church; it's going to make me think going backwards. <clears throat> Excuse me, because the church wants to go backwards. Mm. So, are you meditating? Um, I, I just, I know, um, one of the assignments that my advisor gave me was to, to look back on, you know, why you joined in the first place and how did I get to the place where I'm at now? And I, I know there was a shift, a shift where things somewhere where things changed and, um, a lot of things that, you know, God revealed to me and, um, and just, so I, I know, I know that, you know, I need to be there. And, and I, so I'm just you know, listening and taking in what you're saying. And I'm in agreement. I'm just, you know, trying to, you know, figure out what do I do, you know, right now. You know, being here in Connecticut, I, you know, I listen on Wednesdays and um, trying to get my computer to work right so I can listen to you on Sundays, you know, as far as the process of the steps that I, I take now and making that decision. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you, I think you're doing all of the right things, and I don't want you to jump ahead of God. You know what I mean? Right. Because <clears throat> okay. it's very easy to do when you're frustrated. But I will tell you this. When God first has to get you to be willing to hear him when he says it's time. Hmm. And that can't, you know, sometimes that's weeks, sometimes it's months. For some people, it's years. But you just need to continue to feed what feed yourself on what he's doing. He will create the situation, and he will create the opportunity to fulfill his word concerning your life. I know I can give you a whole lot of dictates, but that's not how I lead. I feel like if the Holy Spirit doesn't, doesn't you know, impress it upon you or at least affirm it, then 
I'm going to have to be the one that brings the harvest, and I don't have that kind of harvest for you like that. I do know it's your time. I do know that you should leave. I also know, I don't know how old you are or anything like that, but I also know you should have been in college for something, a particular specialized thing, because education is all around you. And uh, whether he wants you to go there or someplace else, that's something else for you to take to him too, because your future requires a lot of smarts. Okay. Um, Because I'm, I'm ready to leave that church because I don't want what they're, you know, what's being taught there to continue to be a battle. Where I have to try to keep figuring out, okay, where are they going with this? I, I know that I don't even want to continue to be under that teaching, that I want to continue with the, um, the program that I'm enrolled in through PPM Global. I know that I want to do that full time. I've made that decision. And, um, like as far as college, I've gone in, in and out of um, community college here trying to, um, I guess, decide what I should take. So I've been back and forth as far as going to college and then doing, um, like, the um, ministry schooling. Like before I started with the program with PBM, I was at college for a while um, taking classes. So um, still, I guess, I got to. What I, think, what I think is you need to enroll in Price University because it's where your heart is. We have the training. We have the classes, the faculty, et cetera. I think it's going mm-hmm. to answer all of your questions. I think you need to enroll. If you decide to do online until you're ready to relocate, that's fine. But ultimately, you, you, right now, you are already being called by Scripture Organic, Culturally Modified Christianity, so you need to answer that call. Okay. That is what I, I, I strongly believe. So when you get off, you're going to call, make an appointment online with your advisor and have your advisor walk you through the enrollment process. I agree with you. I will not sit in the church that, and allow it to contaminate my spirit with, with things that I know are not God. But then I'm, I'm, I'm a major, I'm a guardian of my spirit and I'm a steward of my soul. In the same way, and I'm a custodian of my body. Those are the three things that I do. I'm going to be a custodian of my body. I'm going to be literally a steward of my soul because I have to manage what goes in and what comes out. And I am a guardian of my spirit because my spirit has got to be guarded against all of the crazy in this world. And see, sermons, etc., they go to your spirit. They don't just stop mm-hmm. in your soul. Academic knowledge will stop in your soul, you know, head not, stop, but that stuff goes to your spirit, and it begins to fight with the Holy Spirit on the inside, and then also to undo the work that's been done by the Spirit of God on side of you. That's how those people change. They started sitting in, in places and listening to sermons that went to their spirit, and it appeased their appetites but it went in their spirit. And when that thing gets in your spirit, you don't want to let it get there if you can afford it because it is hard to cleanse your spirit. Mm. And I've taught that in, uh, in 2 Corinthians 7.1. It talks about 
your, there are things that will contaminate your spirit and, and, and all of that filthiness. And from that point on, when it hits your spirit, it becomes the energy that floods your body. It radiates back to your soul, and it begins to alter your mindset, alter your emotions until your behaviors conform to it. And then after a while, you don't even see the problem any longer because it sears your mm-hmm. conscience. You don't see what's wrong. So if you're still at that point where you're able to see and to hear the contamination, yeah, you should leave. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So now, ready to pray? I, I can't. I have covered a lot with you. We're good. We're good in regard. <laughs> yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Hallelujah, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Father for your life, for your word, for the work you've given us to do, and for the truth that makes us free and that sanctifies us from the world and all of its contaminants. Lord, I lift up Danielle to you, and I thank you, Lord, that your spirit is speaking to her, and you're giving her an opportunity to vacate that that church and vacate that environment before it has a, a the, the time it takes to root in her soul. God, I thank you for uprooting everything that's already begun to, to seal and cement this error in her. And I'm asking that you would lead her by your spirit to the church that you've chosen. And, Lord, if that is the congregation of the mighty online, so be it, Lord, that, that she can be fed and nurtured by scripturally organic, culturally modified Christianity. I'm putting a hedge of protection around her, God, and I am bringing her into the fold by the Holy Spirit that she may grow and become a mighty oak for you in the future. And I bless you for doing it today. And, Lord, I bless you for com- completing the great work you began on her. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Paula Price. You're very, very welcome. We'll be in touch. Don't forget to get that meeting with your advisor. Okay. All righty. God bless. Prophet Ashley. Okay, Dr. Price, we have next on the line Brian from Washington. And Brian's calling in today because he needs peace of mind for mental warfare. Brian, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, Dr. Paula Price. Uh-uh. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're doing good. So let's talk a little bit. What are you struggling with? Um, well, it, I'm just having, like, a lot of mental back and forth. I don't perceive it to be myself. I I, I know it's the enemy because uh, I know it's the voice of suspicion, uh, accusations, and uh, things like that. So, I, I've just been, you know, constantly praying and constantly, uh, you know, making declarations and declaring God's word uh, about my mind being stayed on God and, you know, the things of God which will bring me peace and really just resisting the enemy and not even, you know, giving him the attention uh, that he seeks. But I, I just noticed, I've noticed, like, over the past couple months that things have been intensified and, and really consistent. So um, and I, I think it just comes with territory because, like, over the last couple of months, I've been affirmed in my calling by God, uh, affirmed in dreams and by witnesses and my other prophets and things like that. So I'm thinking that's, you know, that's why I'm having 
you know, this this such such warfare they don't have it now. Okay, so let's talk about this affirmation so we can find out what um what powers are stalking you. What have you been affirmed at and how did they come about? Um well one uh one of the affirmations uh that I've knew that I've been affirmed as a prophet, I, I've actually taken uh uh the PAQ and uh that was one way I've 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 talked to it uh Prophet Adia, uh with you guys' ministry. Uh, um, also, uh, a couple other prophets that I, I that I've known that at my church and that I've grown around with also have been affirmed. And I also have gotten it uh, by uh, a numerous amount of dreams as well. Okay, the reason that I'm asking is because you're you know you're on the right path in the sense of. The affirmation intensifies the aggravation. You can just write that mm-hmm. down because that's what's going to happen. The, af- uh-huh. the affirmation will intensify aggravation, but the reason it happens is because we treat affirmation as installation. We ple- we treat it as reality, actuality, when it isn't. It's just an announcement. Uh-huh. So if you are called, let's just say God affirmed that you're an apostle, I mean apostle prophet, or apostle really pastor, it doesn't make a difference any of the five, to be honest with you. But if God confirmed that, you can rest assured that if you don't have something else to back up that affirmation, to build your strength, to build your guardianship, because you have no guard, all you have is an announcement. It's like trying to say that, okay, I got a letter in the mail that says that I have a job, but I've never gone to, to get ready to finish the process to be engaged. So you you will be engaging in prophetic things because of our mentality, You what you think the prophetic is. And because the church in this particular paradigm has limited the prophetic to just speaking, all of the other vetters that prove you in that office have free reign. Mm-hmm. Because all they're free to chase your words. They're free to, to bash your words. They're free to torment you, to, to flood your mind with second thoughts and second and third guessing and all of that. Those are normal for prophets anyway. But if you have no, um, no kind of instruments or no kind of information to counteract it, they just keep intensifying. You, so mm-hmm. you were really kind of like, you know, I don't know who you travel with. I don't know where you go to church. But clearly as a, as a developing prophet, you are uncovered. You don't have a guard to to take care of you. It's kind of like, yeah, your heart is on fire. You're there, but that guard is is important. You need to have somebody who is holding you up, but also whose mantle is shielding a lot of that Mm -hmm. warfare that you have because the whole idea Satan works hard to run new prophets out of business before they even get started. That is the main thing he does. The minute that affirmation came and he found out your channel was open, all kinds of uncleanness came in on that channel. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I would caution you to, if, I don't know, you said in your church, the church informed you or something, you need to speak to your prophetic leader, and if not, then you need to become a part of a prophetic um, body that is covering you that, so that even when you say that's happening, like I can pray today, and it's going to do it for a little bit, but it's kind of like going to the emergency room. You go to the emergency room, they give you a shot, you get your penicillin, they give you a little prescription, and you go home. And for three days, uh-huh. five days, you 
free, but then it comes back. And it's coming yeah. back because there is nothing there to shield you. Does that make sense to you, Brian? Yes, ma'am. So what are you going to do about it? Um, I'm definitely <laughs> I'm definitely going to uh, talk to my leaders about that uh, and, and, and get covering and find a covering about it. And I'm also um, – I've also I don't, I forgot the, the what the program is called that uh it, it was a while ago when I talked to Prophet Did she sent me I don't know if it was like uh, if it was like for training or for like it was like well, I don't know the time of it was like a year or so um, mm-hmm. actually let me put the link uh I've you know I've, I've been actually just like you know trying to strategize like all my 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 finances up out the way, so you know that I could that I could uh, that I could join that program. You're talking about the uh, oh, the ministry training program. Uh, yes, ma'am. Okay, and let me tell you something. I know that for many times we think when it comes to training and things like that. Um, that, you know, it, it can wait until things are perfect, but there are some things you need to push, and here's why. When you are a prophet or when you are an apostle, that is a very dynamic but symbiotic call. In other words, it's, a, it's, it's, it's almost a bio, biological call. You are as biologically affected by the awakening prophet's mantle as you are spiritually or mentally awakened, and that's something people don't teach you. So. We put off prophetic training and put off meanwhile because it's a biological, because, you know, prophecy is in the seed and genetics and all of that. Because it's a biological awakening, people put off, but they don't realize that they are being slammed and their lives are being slaughtered while they're waiting to get the education, which is actually ends up being a shield. Yes. So just keep that in mind. I'm going to pray now, but just keep that in mind as you go forward and as you, you know, try to figure out your financial priorities. Prophetic awakening is not like everything else. This is not a dry technical thing. It's not a dry scientific call. It literally is biological. It's a biological call with a very pneumatic inspiration, impulse. So you are not just trying to get a prophetic education so that you can prophesy. No, no, there is a whole lot of treatment and dressing and shielding and all of those clothing that has to happen in order for you to be prophetically safe when you prophesy. So, Mm -hmm. Father God, I thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus Christ, for Brian and his word and his calling and his ministry. Lord, I'm asking that you continue to impress upon him and complete what I've introduced to him in ways that he can grasp it, understand it, and act responsibly on it. I'm thanking you for his life. I'm asking that you would guard his mind and heart, and, Lord, lead him to the people who are to guard him, and then show them how to do so, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Man. God bless you. God bless you too. Okay. Prophet Ashley, do we have another caller? We do have another caller, Dr. Price. We have Aubrey from California, and he is calling today because he needs prayer concerning a transition in career as far as driving tractor trailers, and then also counsel in which ministry he should be joining right now. He needs direction in that area. Aubrey, welcome to the Paula Price Show. 
Yes, uh, God bless you. Thank you. God bless you, Apostle. How are you, Aubrey? I'm glad to hear your voice. Yes, I thank God. I thank the Lord Jesus Christ for allowing me to get on here and be able to speak with you. I've been uh, following you for uh, a little while now, but I've heard a lot about your ministry over the years, but I finally connected with you on Periscope, and I was listening to you on today, and I saw where I could call in, and uh, I just thank the Lord for that. And it's an honor to speak with you. Oh, it means a lot to me to hear you. Um, Aubrey, you are on right now the cusp of major change. What I hear the Holy Spirit saying to you is that many of the things that you've done and you thought it was over, you thought that, okay, so that's not going to work, God is bringing you around full circle in your life. As a matter of fact, you're going to find yourself bumping into things of the past being available to you today and available to you now. You have an amazing, amazing future, but you do need strong leadership and strong mentorship, not because you don't know what to do, but because you tend to kind of overestimate your readiness in some things. You are getting Mm -hmm. ready to leap some good stuff, I promise you, but you're going to have to do it a little differently, meaning you're going to have to pull back on your opinions and pull back on your difficulties when you deal with the people that God is bringing you into now because a new circle of friends and a new circle of opportunities are opening to you. God has been waiting for you to get to this point. So 2018, 2019, major two things, explosion and exploration. You're going to explore yourself with an honesty that you've not been able to have because of your childhood upbringing. You're going to be able to confront you and take control of how you're going to live your life going forward. But you're also going to have opportunities that will change your world, your station in life. So you need a mentor to make sure that you don't jump on the wrong ship. Amen. Amen. And I, that's so, I know everything you said is so true, Apostle. I've been praying and seeking God as far as that, as far as a mentorship you know, even reading the word of God, when you see how, you know, um, Saul, I mean, Paul, how he, you know, Timothy was under Paul's uh, tutelage. And, um, you know, so I was just looking at different things concerning having someone under you with Elijah and Elisha, you know, uh, and at times I felt like I was connecting with someone. Um, it just seemed like something always happened to where uh, it just, it didn't come into full you know, fruition. And it was, like, disappointing for me. So having a, a man of God to further mentorship, and even when you were speaking on my childhood, yeah, I even got as the Holy Spirit has showed me some things that occurred in my childhood. So um, that's so true. Right now I don't have uh, that type of connection. And every time I think I have had it, like I said, something happens, and it don't turn out to be what I thought it would, would be. Well, let me encourage you to uh, to join my collaborative near and when it's over, just go to uh, joinnear.com. We have a number of godly men who are there for men like you. And also, my strongest suggestion is that when you join near, that you also sign up for an advisement with Dr. Alf Spears, who is uh, uh, one of our mentoring prophets. He mentors so many people because you need that. And you need a mentor who's going to help you clean up that childhood memories and that crazy stuff that jumps up every time you get to walk in a new door. It just comes up. And so God wants to rid you of that cycle so that you can, the next thing he does for you, you will succeed. But I will tell you to take yourself off the hook 
about the, the people in the past, you were called for the, for the future. And when you are a future, the one, part of God's future, everything in the present and the past won't fit you. First of all, it won't like you and you won't like it. You won't fit. You just can't fit. And so the glue that you need in your mentor right now is someone who is moving into the future of God. Because you have dreams, you have questions, you have experiences, and you've had even your discernment. All of that is so keen that when you start sharing it, people get unnerved. You need to be able to share it with someone who is already going where you're going. So when this is over, go to my website, drpaulaprice.com, and I want you to go there and hit um, schedule a prophetic advisement. And when they ask you, choose Dr. Allspears. Be perfect for you. I know it to be so. And then all of the other things that you need, they'll begin to come together. Okay. Uh, how do you spell Dr. All Spirit? Uh, okay. It's U L F. U L F. Yeah. And like throw a spear. S P E A R. Okay. But don't forget also, and you make sure you join near because you'll be able to get the covering that you need and the collaboration for your mentorship. I don't believe that any single person has all of the answers, which is why I established my organization so that people would have leadership and mentorship and not just a leader and not just a mentor. So you're going to love that. So, again, you can listen to this when it's over and come back and and do it, but make sure you get that advisement with him. I'm convinced that he will have answers for you that you really do need to hear. Amen. Amen. So uh, one more thing. By me transitioning, I'm in the process of going to school school to drive uh, trucks, you know, commercial. I'm getting my commercial license. You know, in California, it's expensive. You know, I'm right across from San Francisco, and uh, in this area, you know, you don't really have a lot of, I don't know why I was thinking about that. They don't have a lot of strong, one of the ministries I've been to, and I've been to a few, quite a few, they don't have a, a really strong prophetic ministry out here. Uh, or uh, I don't know, it's just a lot of uh, prophets, a uh, major, uh, in this region, you know, there's a lot of warfare out here um, in, in, the, in, the, in the Bay Area. So I, I, I don't know, I was seeking God on whether or not to stay out here. But uh, transitioning to a better job because it's so expensive out here, and that was the thing of me going to school to to do the truck driving. And so, well, that's, have, you been, you know, have you been accepted by the school? Yes, I've been accepted, and uh, I just have to pass the test, the written test, to get my permit, and then I will be able to start hopefully next month. Okay, so then let me ask you: How long is the program? It's about uh, from October to about to about November. About a month, month and a half, about six weeks. Okay, so that's not bad. So you can get your license, get your truck driver's license, and then still re- relocate if applying for a job, you know, elsewhere. You know, one thing about a truck driver, you can pretty much got your pickup where you want to live. You know what I mean? And you can move. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. But, um, <laughs> yes, so yes, you know, get the get the get your license, get the certificate, finish the program because it's going to change your economic strata, and you need that. You you got you need to be in a whole new economic stratum for you to do what you want to do. Fight for it. 
Father, in Jesus' name, we give him the funds, we give him the ability, we give him the drive, and God, we even give him the, uh, the, the mentality and the mindset to pursue this and to win. And God, when, before he finishes school, Lord, I'm asking that you would give him a truck driving drive so that he can begin to start his career and move forward. And then, Lord, let him know where you want him to relocate in order for he and his family to thrive. And I bless you for doing it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much. All right, I would definitely uh, go, on, go on. I would definitely follow the instructions that you gave me. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you too. God bless. I'll be looking forward for your name to come through. Okay. Yes, ma'am. God bless. God bless, Prophet Ashley. We got time for one more. I'm sure of it. All right, and I have one more for you. We have next on the line Naima. Naima is calling from Texas. And she needs prayer for direction and uh, really just clearing out her atmosphere, figuring out some things that are going on in her life, especially in the area of injustice. Naima, welcome to the Paul Price Show. Thank you so much. Thank you, Apostle uh, Price and Prophet Ashley. Thank you so much for taking my call. Well, How are you guys today? We're, we're great. How about you? What are you doing in Texas? How's it going? It's rough. And I'm trying to break through. Um, I know this isn't right. So I'm trying to find direction, trying to find identity. Um, I don't even know how to how to get specific because it's so much, and I'm trying to just get forward. Um, yes, with injustice, I had a horrible time through the system, and I don't have custody of my son with, you know, blatant lies, but... I had gotten an attorney, and then he hired me as an employee, but it turned out he was trying to get me to have relations with him to win my case and withdrew from my case, so I lost. And um, I'm I'm just trying to get him back and uh, live our lives for who we're supposed to be. I, I definitely want real study of the word. I saw your Price University. I want to be able to grow to that with my son. Um, to be able to take those studies. And um, I'm I'm praying for whatever he has to say to me. Okay. Well, let me ask you a question. You said that the attorney um, took your case to have relations with you. Do you have proof of that? Or is that just something you felt? Or or, let me ask Um, another way. Or is it something that you encouraged not knowing the outcome? And I need you to be honest with me because, you know, I'm hearing from the Holy Spirit, but I just want you to be honest with me. No, I didn't encourage anything. Um, you know, I sensed that he even said that he was a narcissist, but I didn't think that he would blatantly throw off a case. Um, I didn't try to lead anything on. I had a, a boyfriend at the time. Um, it was nothing that I let on uh and one one night, because I would work there late, um, he made me go to eat at the, the restaurant that was nearby, which he would do often because he would say we were going over cases and stuff. He was saying it like he was trying to talk through the attorney that was for the child. And he was like, I think I'm going to have to sleep with her in order to win the case. He was just switching up the conversation, but he looked at me side eye and from head to toe 
and I just didn't say anything for the rest of the night. And then when I came in for work the next day, he um, was late as usual, and then he told me to give him the key to the office. And when I was walking out, he's like, I'm trying to help you, and he looked at me again from head to toe, and I just said, yeah, right. And I just walked out and left, and then that Monday, um, he withdrew. Uh, that following week, he withdrew from my case, like about three weeks before the court date. And he hadn't so done do any work, have, never gave me my file. So do you have any no, proof? No, I don't have proof. Okay. I don't so have proof of his words. I don't have it recorded. Okay, but you know what? You still need to write it out and report it and because you need to at least get your file. That's number one. But here's what I want to say to you, Naomi. What you have laid out is so involved, you need to talk with one of our advisors. You need some guidance and some counselors there because there's a whole lot of this story I'm not hearing from you, and I need to hear, uh, only because I need to know what I am seeing by from God is being understood and interpreted by me correctly. You know, and so I, the one thing I would tell you to do is investigate how to file a complaint against them, whether or not, you know, you're dealing with attorneys, attorneys do what attorneys do, but you still need to have it a matter of record. I don't care if, you, if it happens and if you don't even get what you want. I'm going to ask that it falls in the right hand because, you know, it can fall in the right hands, and we don't uh, – rarely do people do this the first time. The way he behaved is something that he has done. So because essentially – if there is the implication that if you sleep with him, he'll win your case, he'll take your case. But then you seem to have known that. Um, what do you mean I seem to have known that? Well, you seem to have known that there had to be some sort of a trade-off. You took the job, obviously, like, I would like us to know that. I don't have time to explore that today. But you did take the job to work with him. But something had to have let you know that, he was not taking that the case of your son out of the goodness of his heart. Um, I thought well, he was. I really got him because he was affordable, and I knew he was egotistical. But I didn't think he would try to manipulate me to work on the case. Well, but and, why did he um, hire? You? I mean, why did he hire you when you came to him as a client? Got him as an attorney after I uh, he took me on as a client. He called me at my other job, and it was kind of like a part-time job. It wasn't guaranteed full-time, but sometimes I could get close to full-time. And he had fired the secretary he had, and he said that uh, I – because he asked about my work experience and stuff, um, and because he asked at the time I was at Family Dollar. He was like, that's not, that doesn't seem like, you know, the best you could do. And I said, no, it's what I could get, though. And he offered me a job. And I um, said, well, I work here. And he's like, well, I'll offer you a job full time if you're interested. And I just took it. But I was but also how, just very did desperate. Did you know you were looking for a so job? Did he I was know? trying to get back to the call center full time. Um, but that, that was in cycles of certain classes. And so they didn't have another one for several weeks. And so he just, I guess he just offered me the job, but I didn't really think it through either in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm telling The reason I'm asking you these questions, because we as Christians, we can be a little, a little naive, you know, as believers. 
we can be a little naive and, 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 and not register that sometimes the, uh, the good thing or the, the, the breakthrough or whatever is coming from a snake. Right. And so, um, but, but I, I just think that there are some, 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 some corners you turn that you probably didn't need to turn, and there are some conversations that should not have happened. But more importantly, when it comes to uh, a mom and her kid, we, sometimes we don't always keep our head on straight. And so I'm going to pray for God to give you favor. I'm going to pray for God to give you an advocate, one that you can trust and one who is full of integrity. I'm going to pray for that. But I want you to do yourself a favor when we're over and you're sitting at home tonight just reflecting. I want you to reflect on your contribution in this matter so that you don't make a mistake when it's even more costly, although I'm not going to be more costly than your son or your child. But I want you to really confront this, and I really do. God wants you to. He wants to talk with you more about that. I guess that's the best way of saying it. The Lord wants to talk with you more about that, and he wants you to talk candidly to him. You don't have to do it for me. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just here to pray. But he really wants you to do that because, obviously, there's something coming down the pike that will set you up for a repeat of history. And allow his sloppiness, um, thinking that he wouldn't dare mess with due process, and I just really was kind of dumb. Um, so, yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> a lawyer messed with due process? Yeah. So what are all of those TV programs all about? Here's what I will say to you. I do want you to sign up for an advisement. You need a little help, but you also need some prayer to come through this. This was pretty hard for you, and you're very scathed by it. You need somebody to help heal you through this and get you back in the game so you can believe God for the miracle he wants to do. So I'm going to pray for that. Do get that advisement, okay? I, I do have one scheduled for the third, I believe. Good, good. Make sure you let nothing stop that appointment. Okay, Father God. I, I will make give, sure that. Father, we give you praise for Naima and her, her situation. We lift it up. Lord, you are the God of truth. You say all truth. Your Holy Spirit knows all truth and will lead us and guide us into it. And, God, there's a truth that makes it free, but there's also a truth that brings release and relief. I'm asking that you would visit Naima as you sit down and have the conversation with her that only you, her Father in heaven, knows should be had. And, God, that you lead her and guide her to a place of healing, of deliverance, of victory, and of confidence again. Lord, I'm asking that you enable her to recover from this ordeal so she can stand up and do what it takes to win her child back. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 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 God bless. Thank you. You're welcome. God bless you. Bye-bye. As well. All right, Prophet, I guess I've come to the end of time. I don't have any more time you to have. do this today. But it's not the I end have. of the world, so that's okay. <laughs> that's right. So listen, the world is not ending this weekend. Give God a praise. We all got a lot to do, so you are going to have to go to work next week. You can do the kids' birthday party. And, yes, you're going to have to serve God for another several decades. Amen. Father, we praise you in Jesus' name for who you are and what you've done. I thank you for the show. I thank you for everybody that was here. I thank you for the way we've been able to touch lives, God. And I ask that you would cause your people to to live in your fullness and live in your greatness. And, God, to those who have received spiritual 
counsel and wisdom. I'm, I'm asking that they were so material speech according to your word that Paul used in the epistle to the Romans, but also, Lord Jesus, I'm asking that you would keep us one in your spirit, one in your grace, and one in your love. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Paula Price Show. Become a financial supporter today by visiting www.drpaulaaprice.com and click on Show a Seed. Donate today.